and welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your other host, Dan Holborn. And today's show is brought to you by... Makeham and Clancy, providers of fine Irish folk music since 1964. Thank you, Makeham and Clancy, for sponsoring the show. Bow, bow, bow. Um, Caleb, you know about Makeham and Clancy? No. All right. So, Makeham and Clancy, Tommy Makeham, Liam Clancy, both Irish folk singers, deeply ingrained in my family lore. You've already heard this part. Are up you until Irish, those... Am I Irish? I thought you were Japanese. Well, that's I'm a I'm a com I'm a quilt of many colors. <laughs> okay, I'm a t- Technicolor dream coat over here. Yep. Um, I uh, yeah, my family is pretty Irish, and uh, yeah, Mankum and Clancy, they're Irish folk singers, deeply ingrained in my family lore. Um, they sing a lot of old irish folk standards a couple of originals uh good stuff real good stuff got uh red is the rose that in yonder garden grows etc um nice yeah no it's it's good good stuff um anyway that specific song has been sung by many of the men in my family while attempting to woo their future wives including myself (laughs) um the whole men yeah exactly uh-huh <laughs> what um, do you think i said i think i said a joke that you didn't get and you just i didn't get it <laughs> you know i don't do that to you Nicole. you don't no, i think you do i don't you must i don't i almost never if i don't get a joke that you say which is often or like a mm. reference mm. i stop because you the listener can hear right through it you know what you I'm think saying? they can everybody heard you not know what i was talking about and i intentionally did it to i don't like to be you. i don't like to be seen like that <laughs> you know i don't want my i don't want my ignorance to be broadcast on front street right that's one of my favorite things in the world though yeah is exposing it, that kind of thing mm, yeah because <laughs> you're a dick <laughs> <laughs> the reference is it's not that funny but it you know it was more just to kind of mm-hmm. anyway um your, your last name is hole or at mm-hmm. least I think a good majority of the listener thinks your first name is Deke and your last name is Hole. So I get it. The, whole, the men in your family would be like... The whole men. The generations whole men. of whole men. Generations of whole men. Okay. Yep. I get the reference. I want to know like, because I know as soon as I said it, your brain probably like tried for a second to grasp well, no. that a reference. Here's, so here's like, what, what I did, did you... right? I procrastinated getting the joke. I said, right. Hmm, yeah. I don't get that joke now, but I bet I will get it if I have time to think about it later. So I'm just going to keep the conversation moving. And then later when I've got a second, I'll circle back around and get the joke. You tried for a split second, though, to to get it, though. Like you yeah, must yeah, yeah. have like explored a couple options. Well, and, that you know, this is something this is like a time management skill that you learn as a programmer, right? It's like if you if you start you digging into a problem. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know what? Maybe we can punt on this additional complexity. I don't want to over engineer this. Right. But I, I want to know where your mind went. Like, what was your first thought like? Uh, I, I was thinking, okay, so um, you familiar with You Look Nice Today? No. Okay, You Look Nice Today, a journal of emotional hygiene. Um, <laughs> it was uh, the, I would, I'm going to go ahead and hazard a guess that it was the original comedy podcast of the internet. Um, and I would say strongly influenced this show, even though you might not know it. I do not know it. Um, as well as strongly influencing other big comedy shows now like uh my brother my brother and me and i don't think i've ever heard a comedy podcast wow that's unfortunate for you 
Um, anyway, you look nice today. Merlin Mann was on it. That was his first uh, podcast. That was his own. Uh, Lonely Sandwich. Are you familiar with like Sandwich Video? No. They do all those like uh, Squarespace ads and uh, all the all of those like funny like venture funded startup ads where like there's a kind of tubby bearded guy who's saying like Squarespace is great and then they do these like long steady cam shots. I don't have cable TV. Or like the Dollar Shave Club commercials. They they're not oh, just Oh yeah, on... like the pop up on YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For like 5 seconds that they try to like lure yep. you in. So his company does those. Yeah, but they created that format basically. Um, and he, he, the owner of the company is in every video. Um, anyway, before he was, uh, Lonely Sandwich of Sandwich Video, his name was Adam Lizagore, uh, and his Twitter handle was Lonely Sandwich. D. Cole, you can't take this long to explain the, the first thing that went through your head when I, when I tried to derail you from your other explanation. All right, I'll, I'll get back to it quickly. So here's the deal. They, after almost a... 10-year hiatus put out a new episode of you look nice today uh and it was called hole h-o-l with a line (laughs) through the o uh and they the whole the whole episode was a bit about like a fake fake startup called hole and so that was where my mind went. And then gotcha. I was like, Caleb definitely wasn't making that joke. I don't know what joke he was making. Why did you think I wasn't making that joke? Well, I thought it was unlikely that you were aware of You Look Nice Today, which turns out I was right about. Decole. Decole. <laughs> you know you know didn't me. get your own reference. <laughs> and I was going to let you slide with that, but. <laughs> the joke's on me. Yeah, joke is on you. T. Cole. What's up? Just, I feel bad. I think I, I think I came out a little strong here. Yeah, I think you did too. <laughs> oh, uh, you know when you're just not in the mood to play by the normal rules of yeah. conversation? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like almost ever? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you do weird, th- I bet you and your wife got some weird dynamics. Oh, big ones. Yeah. I do weird stuff all the time that like you know if anybody knew about they'd be think i'd just an an insane person but hannah's like pretty used to it um i but i i could see you doing the same exact thing we we have a lot of running bits mostly about like dogs like uh you know like i'll be like hey uh have you um uh have you ever seen a dog okay (laughs) and It'll just feel like, you know, like, what are dogs made of? And we have, like, it's kind of like a script, whole scripted conversation because the answers are, like, pre-established. So, have you ever seen a dog? The answer is yes. How many times? Just the once. Um, what are dogs made of? Dogs are made mostly of goo and fur. Um, Where does this come from? This is just me and my wife having jokingly asked each other these questions at least once a day for the past nine years or whatever interesting these are just this is just a formula conversation that we have almost daily and yeah, it's fun a, that's good yeah we i do this thing where i um like we do this dry humor thing mm-hmm. where you know like 
when you get comfortable enough with someone's humor, like you can keep kind of like leveling up, you know, mm-hmm. the layers mm-hmm. of humor abstraction. Mm-hmm. Well, because like humor, like the core of humor is the unexpected. Correct. So to keep it humorous, you have to do something more unexpected and take it farther. Mm-hmm. But it gets to this point where it's so deadpan that it's yeah. not even funny. It's just like an intellectual thing. Yeah, it's doing. an exercise. It's an exercise. So often yeah. like we start with something that is sarcastic, but, you know, just carry it through to some ridiculous extreme where we're basically just actors in a play about something that didn't exist or doesn't exist. And just like, Good. who's, yep. you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it just oh, all yeah. the time. It's like, oh yeah, it's great. I wish I could like, yeah. it's kind of vague, but I, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think if I could replicate the dynamic. Like if she was like, oh, uh, you know what? I don't even know. I also do this stuff that pisses her off all the time. Like in a little way, like not like really piss off, but like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I, I did one this morning where I take advantage of any time and you, pro- I mean, I think a lot of people do this, like anytime somebody like jumps one step ahead and like assumes you're doing something, but they're wrong. You don't tell them they're wrong. You just like let them believe it and encourage it, you know, oh, yeah, punk yeah. them uh-huh. for a long time. Yeah. For making an ass out of you and me. Yeah. And just like make it, you know, or I'll, I'll like not even realize it and be like, wait, you didn't do something. something. And now it's like, oh, now I have to pretend that I did something or, you know. Yeah. And carry that, carry that on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think formula conversations are like one of my favorite things that I only, I have, I mean, you have them in every relationship, right? You have like societally expected formula conversations. Okay. What do you mean right? by formula conversation? Like just. Like, like uh hey man how you doing oh, oh yeah, i'm good. doing good you? yeah cool how's uh how's the wife and kids oh yeah everyone's good cool yeah, uh, everyone's good. how's the yeah. job you having you having a good time with the new job oh i heard that your daughter got yeah married. yeah formula conversations yeah you know and it's like like you can write the conversation you're gonna have with someone before you run into them and you know oh, exactly totally. how it's gonna go yep well like we have those but they're only we made them up and they're mm. only ours and yep. they're mostly about the dog <laughs> like <laughs> And it's just like, it's funny. That's good. That like, is good. What, is, what is this dog? This dog? This dog is a pig. Mm. Um, like, we have this whole bit about, like, what's the difference between a pig and a dog? And, like, I like to defend a point. So, like, early in our relationship, I, like, took the position that our dog was actually a pig that mm. we assumed was a dog a long time ago. Oh, that's good. Um, and ultimately, it's come down to that the only way that you could really know whether you have a dog or a pig is the cloven hoof mm. and uh yeah so these are yeah, just I mean, like, like curly tail no yeah because there's you know, some with curly hair some no yeah exactly teats no no snout the cloven hoof. Cloven sort of hoof. but no yeah um yeah, i would have got there hoof, yeah. eventually it's like, like next one it's the only real distinction because i have like a albino hairless underbellied dog that just looks like a pig. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. Well, as soon as you said that, I realized that. I was like, oh, that makes yeah. sense. Because Young Toon Young looks Toon like a pig. <laughs> looks very pig-like. Especially in her underbelly. <laughs> I remembered one of the like redi- like just stupid things. And this actually isn't the, the like super sarcastic one. But yesterday, I come out of the bedroom. She's mm-hmm. getting off of a call or something. She's like, how'd it go? Or, I was just like kind of tired, whatever. And I, I said, I was like good or something like that she's like yeah and i just decided to keep talking like that i said yeah yeah it was pretty good and she's like what's wrong with your voice i said i don't know i think i lost my voice and she's like oh my gosh really and with this whole covid thing it probably was bad but i kept it going a while and i was surprised like how good i do a can't 
a lost voice like tone yeah. she was very upset when she realized that i was that just is funny i enjoy anyway. that but that that's the kind of stuff you got to keep it real you know yeah you gotta yeah you gotta keep it spicy you gotta keep it spicy that's you know that's the most important thing in a marriage is to mm-hmm. continue keep it the spice spicy. so decal what's up bud what are we gonna uh, talk so about you're a, you're well you're a uh, screencast king now i guess we should do a quick <laughs> press conference about that uh for anyone who doesn't follow you on twitter but yeah. needs to know that there that there's a screencast empire getting started uh i do screencast a lot these days and i'm gonna continue yeah but 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 you have like announced them what right like aren't the like live wire screencasts like live and the first ones are free now and like yes. you're starting to yes yes that's a new thing yes it is new i'll take the opportunity to plug if you I, are a listener i was trying to I know, like i know you were lobbing you, it i guess i never feel i'm not gonna let you slide past without calling you on the I fact really that appreciate you, that you didn't handle this alley-oop well i didn't you're right i yeah. didn't um yeah you're right and i appreciate you giving me the the alley-oop because that was intentional that mm-hmm. was selfless it was it was a lot of things yeah. And I appreciate yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was kind, most of all. It was. Like, I mean, at first I thought you were, you know, I don't, we could probably really dig into why I didn't take the alley. Because I definitely, like, thought of it as a possibility. But whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're a listener to the No Plans to Merge podcast, yeah. and you program in Laravel, maybe even Livewire, and maybe even Alpine. Woo! If you're interested in such things, head on over to LaravelLivewire.com, the screencast section, and you will find private, exclusive screencasts to github sponsors only this episode is brought to you by caleb's github sponsor profile as well as make them a clancy uh yes make them in clancy mm-hmm. okay um so if that is you and you sponsor me it's now 14 dollars up from nine so who knows it could go up way higher after you hear this so you you should get on it Ooh. get it while the getting's good and uh yeah. yeah so i recorded the first series of surge surge is the name of project l and uh that noise man i can't make it go away i just turned the volume way off that's just gonna be can do is turn off notifications deagle can we make it part of the show like when it happens like uh yeah we'll just well you you uh you're you're aware of the phrase hang a lantern on it no Cool. Why don't you finish your thing about the screencast? Then we'll no, dig no, into I, hanging. No, we'll do the it. quick tangent. Quick. I, the reason I hesitated was because I was about to suggest a different thing, and then I came back to hang lantern. And I was genuinely curious. So, um, in set dressing, right? If you're making a movie, okay, right, and you're like dressing a set, and maybe there's something there that's like weird and out of the ordinary. Okay, you can like try and like frame it out or whatever. Blah blah blah. Um, but the uh, I forget what book this is from, but this is from one of those books about movie making. And it's like, just hang a lantern on it, right? Like lean into it, you know, just put something prominent on the thing that looks weird and then it will look less weird. Oh, what is the thing that looks weird? Like say you're shooting like a period movie. Yeah. Right. And there's like, like, a, like you're shooting like Pride mailbox. and Prejudice. Yeah, exactly. Or, or not like a mailbox, but like maybe like a doorknob that was made in the 1970s. Okay. Yeah. You know, and it's like, oh, that doorknob shouldn't exist in this right. shot, right? Okay. But if you can't get rid of it, you're on a tight shooting schedule, hang a lantern on it. Is the idea that, like, specifically for a period film, a lantern is, like, very period-y, so it would, like, overshadow the 70s doorknob? Or is it that just, like, adorning... I, th- s- I think I think the thing is, like, adorn the thing with 
something that makes it like, oh yeah, I know that's there and I'm not concerned. So you're probably wrong about the fact that it's from the 70s because if it was, I would have taken it out of the shot. Yeah, right. But the fact that I hung a lantern on it means that I'm like cool with it being there. Yep. Yeah, that's good. All right, now bring me back. Uh, oh, so the... So every time there's a notification sound that goes off on our podcast, we're going to hang a lantern on it. How do you how do you hang a lantern in audio? Well, you do what we just did. We just, just we have a whole conversation it. about it. We do a bit Right, about okay, it. so now it's part of the show. It's the now lantern. It's part of the show. I like yeah. it. I was thinking where my mind went immediately, it was like, we should, as soon as it happens, finish the sentence as if it was a swear word. So if I was like, yeah, D. Cole, I just went to the indoor the other day, or to the, what, what, went to the effing door? What's that? Uh, you know what I'm know, saying? But it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should try it, that. Like, It'll take some practice. Yeah, I don't know if it'll work. If that doesn't yeah. work, we'll find something else to like shim in the <laughs> post, live post edit in that's funny oh my gosh so where was i you were you were uh shilling your uh your screencast yeah so sign up for the screencast give me your money so i can be rich and i can yeah. stop doing this show for the sponsorship money oh man From meek mill or meek and and boys making toys Make- <laughs> Make- <laughs> just confuse making me clancy with meek mill <laughs> <laughs> i love meek mill oh mm. i have nothing to say to that uh, oh. I I was listening to Little Dicky free, freestyles leading oh, up to funny. this recording. He's so good. Did you watch the latest one on Sway? Uh, where where he's, he's standing up. Uh, he like kind of and I'm out, and I'm done. No, I've gotta wait, catch a flight, and he maybe. leaves. Like how new? Um, less than six months. Maybe it's okay. like a little bit more subdued compared yeah. to his other ones. Like he's like a little more lackadaisical, but still yeah. killing it. Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. I did just watch that twice, actually. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. Um, D. Cole. I love Sway, Sway in the Morning Freestyles. Sorry, continue. The GitHub Sponsors thing is out. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say about it, but I do do screencasts now. Yeah. Maybe that's all it's, I have to say about it. It's really cool. I mean, we've talked on just on and on nonstop about the concept of using GitHub Sponsors as like a payment platform right. for an app. But it's yeah, so, so this cool. is that we've talked yeah. about that on the show, right? We absolutely must have. There's yeah. no way that you and I didn't talk about that on the show. Right. But like, it's so cool using the GitHub Sponsors API to do like access verification, and like it handles yeah. all of your payment stuff, and then it like basically like authenticates people and authorizes them to access content. Yep, authentication and authorization via GitHub it does Sponsors. Everything. It's so cool. <laughs> it's crazy how yeah. I just like get to sub out the hardest part of all this. It's so wild. And basically get paid to do it. I it's like they pay the, me 3% to do it. You know what's kind of the bullshit thing about you, Caleb? What's that? It's that you get to basically not do any of the hard stuff. Okay. Now. Okay. Right? <laughs> you don't have to write any JavaScript. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, we're right. I mean, when you make an app, when you're actually making apps, okay, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. You don't have to do any payments. You don't have to do any Stripe, right. yep. any Laravel cashier, yep. or any subscriptions and yep. refunds. I don't have to write any codes. endpoints. No endpoints. And then you also just don't write any JavaScript. Yep. You don't. Uh, you don't have to make a custom React component for adding tags to something on the create page. <laughs> uh you yeah. don't have to do any of that stuff. You just you're just out here like writing the code that you want to write. 
yeah. and only that and then making github write the rest or other you who actually maintains the life wire it's true man and i so this this button so let me take you on a small journey that i think is a good launching point for a conversation that you could have something interesting to say about <laughs> don't tell me what i'm gonna have to say you may or may not <laughs> thank you for allowing me to have something interesting to say i appreciate that decal my language is just off today mm. maybe we should consult the elements like, of style domineer decal mode yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come at me. Come at me, bro. Decol. Yeah. By the way, I have the Alpine JS docs up on my other monitor right now. Really? Really? Did you, did you know that you have Jack- Japanese documentation? I did. Yeah. I, I also knew in. that. <laughs> I did it for um, people like you. Yeah. Grew up in Japan. I, I have a component that I think I can make an Alpine that I'm going to try and make an Alpine. So let me get over with this quick and then I want to I hear about your Alpine component. Cool. So, Deke. It's a me. You got yourself a... So, I go to build this app. Okay. Well, first off, let me say there is a client of mine who pays me every week to mentor, quote unquote. A lot of times, like, I get on this call every week and it's like, here's the business problems. Here's the query we need to optimize. Here's How would you do this? Sometimes I'll be like... Let me pull down the repo and do some work on it. Sometimes I'll pair. Sometimes, you know, it's very different mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, let's just get out a notepad and hash stuff out. Okay. Or let's just talk, you know? So the past three weeks, I believe, maybe even four, I get on this call and this client says, you know, uh, what would actually benefit me is if um, if you spent this time, could, could we actually work on search? And I'm like, are you serious? Like, you really want to do that? And yeah, well, it benefits me. I'm going to benefit from you, you know, from search existing. So this client basically has paid me. Whoa. Yep. So, and I, I, like, I felt guilty at first, but I'm like, I mean, I guess it sort of makes sense and whatever. So, so I would work on it and this is what forced it to get done. Cause it's something I've been putting off and putting off. And so, and then I would feel bad that I like, know the next week, this client is going to want to do the same thing. And I'm going to feel like a jerk if I haven't done any work in between, you know, mm. like accountability. Um, they so, probably knew that was going to happen. Maybe. Um, so then I get on the call and uh, uh, yeah, so this is happening every week. And this last week I get on the call like this is, I mean, but like a couple of days ago and mm-hmm. the client basically says, so honestly, I, I think I just want to end this call and for you to just take the time and finish recording these screencasts, you know, just use the time and just that's so interesting. Finish recording. Each- and I was like, I can't thank you enough. Like, thank you yeah, so I- much. It meant, you know, it's amazing to me. <laughs> it's funny. It's like you, you, uh, you have like re-implemented like a boss who's assigning you tasks. <laughs> I know. It's true. It's- <laughs> you're like, you're like, man, what I, it's like all this self-direction is driving me crazy. And what I really need someone to do is pay me to do a specific Pay me to do task. a task. Yeah, that's funny. I've like come full slur- circle on that to where it feels like a gift. It feels yeah. amazing. It feels I mean, it really is. I'm not taking away from it at all, but yeah, yeah. you're right that it like mm-hmm. it really just feels great to have somebody pay you to do to get something done. Because <laughs> what they're really paying you to do is to not do anything else. Yep. Yep. Yeah, which is pretty great. Um. So, oh, and then another call I got on this week. This is sort of unrelated, but the person it was a, a Livewire sponsor, and they didn't have any Livewire stuff, and they were like, "Uh, but you want to help me build a card game? This like awesome. really unique hyper local card game that only like." these people know how to play he wants to build it with liveware like my disney trivia thing so we just spent an hour i learned all the rules to the game 
we just paired building a that card sounds game. So fun. Yeah, it was super fun. So, you know, life's pretty fun sometimes. Yeah, life like, comes at just, you fast. Yeah. So if you don't look around every once in a while, you might miss it. <laughs> it's just cool to to like my relation my business relationships now are with like all these cool people. Yeah. Who just, just use vibes these to tools. The USA over yes, there in Caleb Land. It is. It really is. Um so I'm leading up to saying that on these calls where I'm working on Surge, I start out and I'm like, all right, we're going to do this authentication. Like, I don't have to do any of this. I just got to integrate with GitHub. No problem. All right. Well, I got to use Socialite. Oh, so I'm going to have to have a login. So they're going to have to see a welcome page that pitches what I'm about to do. Then there's going to have to be a login button that they hit to log in. Then a thing that's like, hey, you're logged in, but you're not sponsored. And then from that page, they can click go get sponsored. And then a redirect back. And then the page that says, you are sponsored. Thanks. Now you have access to this, right? So like three pages. I, I build out these three pages. I build out middlewares for the three different, you know, states, like your, your mm-hmm. guest, your auth, and then you're a sponsor, you know? Yep. So I'm building all this out. Then I start to actually like use the interface. And I realize that the best interface is to just have a seamless interface. There's no wall. You just see one page, the screencasts page. And then the private ones are just locked down. Yep. And there's a button yep. that you click to do the thing. Yep. Which one is a lesson in itself, like that I've learned over and over. But this is another place that I've learned it is like, I think this is one of those programmer thinking related things where you think in terms of like pages and flows and, and like, you know, it's it's the equivalent of like thinking in terms of CRUD controllers. What is it the equivalent of? There's a good equivalent here. Yeah, no, I... I I know what you're saying. Uh, well, oh, thinking you, in terms of like your your uh, edit form is basically just all your database columns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. I, I had kind of a similar thing. I just did. Uh, I'm working on this like webinars thing. So like, Internachi does webinars for home inspectors, and like, okay, we want to make like a good a good like index page and registration system for them because so much stuff is moving online right now because of COVID and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um. But I have to do the show page for webinars, right? And it's like a webinar can either be it has already happened and we have a recording of it. So here it is. Yep. Or mm. it has already happened, but we haven't yet uploaded the recording of it. So here's a coming soon page. Okay. Or it has not yet happened. So here is a link to register for the webinar on Zoom. Yep. Um, And uh, I was originally going to have three separate pages for those things yep. and what i ended up doing was actually just returning three different views from the same controller cool. endpoint and it was it's hot I ah, like it. nice okay yeah yeah that's good um and but that what, switching can what go what you did is you returned one view but like then a partial inside of the view yeah that changes which that is like... even even more hyper specific right and so I think the reason that I wanted to tell you this was because you were you're saying like, you know, with these tools I built that I can like basically now I just write the code that I need. I'm not like writing mm-hmm. react uh, abstract, whatever you were saying. Um, this was an example where so I, I needed a way for people to get access to the surge repo, which, by the way, GitHub released. So remember when we did sushi and the repository to let people into the repo, I had to add them as collaborators yeah to a personal repo and they have right access which is pretty risky you know but it just worked for the sure. little yeah, yeah. Th- amount of time for sushi. Yep. right well github made this possible now that it's never been possible but now it is that organizations can have a repo and on a private repo for free with unlimited uh collaborators that only have read access 
which is fantastic. Do you still have to manually add them? I do. So what I did was I just made a... So I could automatically send them an invite with the API. Mm-hmm. So uh, I tried to figure out the best way to do this. What I ended up doing was just put a button below it that's like, um, you know, if you want access to the surge repo, click the send invite. You know, you just hit send invite. Oh, and then it programmatically sends them an invite. It programmatically sends them an invite. And then I set a flag in the database that then... Um, basically shows and assumes that they accepted the invite so now the interface so i don't have to call the api and actually check if they have permission every time yeah yeah. yeah. i just assume i should add a little like link that's like a little note that's like if you didn't get the invite yeah yeah. there should be a resend link um that's a whole other kind of thing in itself i instead of adding like a column on the user table i made a little table called ui actions you know just so like i can Mm -hmm. keep track of like stuff people did nice just you know because it's something that like i could put a session flag that's like they did this now you can stop showing it Mm -hmm. but then you know this this problem this is that problem this is the problem decal do tell you uh you show someone a message you want once they perform an action you want to hide it forever Uh uh-huh you can't use local storage or anything because that's not forever right what besides the database is forever? So you end up adding like a column called like has seen this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you come across this? Have you done yeah, something? Yeah, no, I, I definitely have. Like, um, yeah. I like UI actions. I don't like the name of it. Okay. Um, right, but like I would just call it like user states or something like that. Well, I figure it's just, it's just a catch-all. Or like user like, flags or something like that. Where like you can set, it's basically just like key name value, right? It's just key value That's pairs. That's what that it is, like, yeah. That you store, and then that way it's like you can just have like random features. Yeah, just e- even if they're not like UI based, right? Like yeah. it could be like, you know, like is flagged for deletion, right? It's like like if user you have a job, meta. Yeah. Oh, we should build WordPress. Yeah, there, it's almost a like user a meta table in WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we should make a post and post types and post types meta <laughs> columns. It is user metadata though, really. You know, yeah, it it's is. not like important user data. It's just like metadata that I need to yeah, keep track of. Like ephemeral user. I flags. was hoping there was a solution. So here, hypothetically, let's say that I only need to show this for a day. Sure. There's basically, I want a way to do this. I feel like I'm reversing it. I want a way to do this where I don't, modify the database schema or anything related to the database Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like there's a way to do this better than this you know Mm. like something really clever uh i don't think so yeah i don't think so either because you have to store something somewhere yeah and you can't store it anywhere except for the database life is so hard yeah i don't know all right so backing out of that um i did that I'm saying all this to say that I started writing an endpoint where you click the send invite button that then mm-hmm. posts to an endpoint to programmatically send the, end, the the invite and then add the database column and then redirect back and everything. It's like, what am I doing? Livewire is meant for little buttons that do stuff. Mm-hmm. So now I just have that button is in a Livewire component and the Livewire component switches what it looks like depending on your auth status, depending Beautiful. on if you're a sponsor or not or not even logged in. And then there's a little wire click to send the invite. So I just write the code. There's no endpoints. 
and we're good to go. Lovely. So that was one of those examples of things where I really felt like, oh my gosh, I love yeah. this new world so much. Sure, sure. I'm glad I spent the last year and a half preparing for this moment. It really, the whole year yeah. and a half led up to this moment. Uh, that's cool. Makes sense? Yeah, man. To- totally. Um, let me pitch my Alpine component to you. Please. All right. Uh, you, it's real simple. I'm, you've seen it a million times. I just want to know how to build it in Alpine. Um, okay. So you have a text input and a plus button next to the text input. Yeah. And when you press the plus button, mm. it creates another text input. Yeah. Somebody and tweeted this exact thing today at me. Really? Yeah. The, asking you how to do it or showing you how they did showing it? Showing me how they did it. How'd they do it? I didn't even look. They showed me. I saw the video of well, it. Well, send it to me because that's what I'm about to build. All right. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty robust. It was like a multi-input line. And then they could just hit a plus next to it and it would add it. And then each row would get like an X so that you could remove one that's been dynamically added. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was about to build. Um, Yo, do you think you could, do you think it's possible to make, not you could, I'm not asking you to do this, but uh, do you think it's possible to make something like, uh, not with the full feature set of, but something kind of select two or like view select ish? With yeah like like, ta- like a tag component oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i mean oh yeah sure if you had to make a tag component my recommendation probably use a hidden input system oh maybe um i was gonna say yeah i mean if it's for in a form yeah, yeah. A hidden input system would be great um i would go to adam wathen's code pen account mm-hmm. find his view tag thing that he made with tailwind because it looks mm-hmm. great and it works great and just convert the view to alpine i've done that and it's great works great nice. um and then yeah to store that input you would want it in like a hidden like this is in a normal form submission type deal yep. yeah so just like a bunch of hidden forms that are all like thing array equals yeah. yep you could uh v4 sorry x4 through the thing x4 and the tags, make your yeah. hidden inputs yeah that's cool man that's cool I like it. Yeah, I like it I, my kind of goal, my my vision, I imagine um, that there will be, a, like I would like to author renderless Alpine components, like example components that you could pull in like renderless uh, select to, renderless tags, renderless, you know, like because I don't want to. Um, what do yeah. you mean renderless? Like it would just give you the functionality and then you fill in the gaps with the DOM. You know, it would just give you the functions you know how would you do that with an alpine component because isn't so much of the logic wrapped up in the dom anyway um what do you mean so like like, let's say say your say your logic depended on an x4 right right you would have to supply some dom to put that x4 in yeah the, the the consumer of this would have to yeah, it's tricky. But the so con- you just you're just supplying like the functions that those would call. Yep, that the, the DOM data would call. and the functions. Yeah, yeah which yeah, might yeah. not be useful enough, you know, to be to have value. You know, it might the value might be in the HTML. Mm-hmm. That is a lot of the value. The problem is that you know you know the problem with like supplying. Is that HTML is HTML? Yeah, I like I could even see supplying HTML like, just yeah, no CSS. Yeah, I would just supply like real basic HTML with a couple Tailwind styles on. No it. Tailwind styles. What? Come on! It has to have nothing, styles. otherwise people will use the Tailwind styles. Let them eat cake. No, 
The, this is the problem. If you do that, then you, you've just recreated select to an Alpine. You know what I mean? It's just another like view select. Yeah, except that you can like change it real easy. Right. Well, unlike view select. Yes, right. Um, because you would be pulling the whole thing. You'd be You're like copying into and your pasting own view. It. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Like it feels like my code. Yes. As uh, opposed to feeling like library code. But there's a spectrum here for feeling your, like your code. Like this is what Adam's coming across with Tailwind UI. Is that's the idea? It's like it should feel like your code. You're copy and pasting in Tailwind UI. But that's not what people want. That's not people what people want. want. And I flip into this myself a hundred times. I pulled in the registration form for that screencast, Tailwind UI, and it didn't have an autofocus attribute on the email field. And I was like, huh, I would have added an autofocus attribute. What was my first reaction? Not to add it. Not to add one, but to tell Adam to, to add one. But to ask Adam why it doesn't exist. And, and Adam was like... Uh, you should add it if you want to add it. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the problem is that, and he, and uh, the, the problem is that everybody thinks that it's canon, you know? So if I created an Alpine component that had styles, it would be canon. Nobody would want to like, you know how you get away with, you get a- away from that. How you make like the names of all the elements, like foo bar and baz or like duck fart <laughs> out of the elements. Whatever. What do you mean? Or like all of like if you have an input like you make the like name like yeah. duck foo or what you know just like make it things where people have to make some changes so that it like gets them comfortable with making changes like I'm saying like yeah you know how right. like Taylor does the like double slashes in the empty method that or in the empty yeah method that means like this is your method please edit it right you want something like that where the code like invites the user to edit it somehow agreed. Um, I think I feel like that we run the risk of this being the traits that the um, that the auth controllers use, you know, right? Like nobody messes with those. Yeah, that is. But they're a meant problem, to be messed with, yeah. and that's that middle ground. It's like you know why no one messes with them is because like the way that they get wired up is like really confusing. <laughs> it is a little, yeah. Like they should have gotten wired up in a less confusing way. That's a tough one because I could see the the thought process for him is like, I don't want to bake these opinions into the framework, so I'll put it in a trait. And then it's like obvious people can change it. They can overwrite them. They can override the method in their class or they can just pull it in and, you no, know, I do mean, it just themselves. the way that the routes get registered and stuff like it's oh, not like a route colon, colon routes. Yeah, like I and then like you have to kind of source dive to go find out what controller is getting called. Like, if you want to actually, like, change the way those work, you have to source dive to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it would be better if it just, like, published, like, an auth.php routes file to your routes directory that had each route laid out, like a normal yeah. routes file. Yeah, I know? agree. Yep. I do Because then pe- no one would have to source dive to do it, and it would feel more like user land code, because that's how I write yeah. user land code. The, the auth uh, scaffolding in Laravel is too opaque for me. I almost yeah. never ever use it. I'll I'll sooner just you know I don't think I have in a real app like the really? the app that you inherited. Um, I've inherited a few apps from you, but yeah, the one that would have uh-huh, that I would have built auth the wizard. Yeah, I think I redid that all myself and added because there's no tests around, which isn't a big deal. But that was an interesting app, man. There there was a lot of interesting things about that app. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm better for having faced some of those problems. Yeah. You learn a lot about like weirdness with that app. 
one of the uh, key weirdness takeaways for me from that app that mm-hmm. I would love to develop this idea further. Here's the problem. So that that app, like the core of it is a multi-step form, basically. Yeah, it's, it's a, a wizard. wizard. <laughs> it's the wizard. It's a wizard. It's a multi-step form. That's the core of that app. Yep. So it matters a lot, that flow, like how you manage that, who's on mm-hmm. what step, what steps can you go back a step? Can you go back two steps? You know, yeah. if you log out and log back in, does it put you on the right step? Like all these things. Mm-hmm. And then you write a test for step four. In your test, what do you do? Do you have a helper function that puts the fact that uses factories to get the user at the state where they would be on step four? You know what I mean? Like those are kind of the big issues. Yeah. And one of the things that um that I took away as like a whoa, I didn't expect this to be a revelation, but it was if you recall, was the way that the factories were set up. So basically, I extracted the code for, I extracted the operations for moving a user from one step to the next mm-hmm. in their own dedicated classes. Mm-hmm. So then in my tests, if I'm testing step four, I can just pipe the user through that code till they're on step four. Yep. And my seeders it use that wasn't. same code. So my seeders, my tests, and the real application all use the same exact code. Right. Which I found to be beautiful. I found it to be beautiful when I first saw it. Okay. When I had to add a bunch of steps and complex step logic in between steps that you had never had to consider. Yeah. I found it to be super fragile. That would be a nightmare. It was. I mean, it would be a nightmare anyway, though. I ended up like undoing almost all of that. Really? Yeah. I mean, I would think so. Okay. Or at least the way that the way that you were passing the data, like you had these conditionals that basically said like, if whatever, uh, if whatever step I'm on, then like include this code or don't include this code. But it was pretty linear. Right. At that point. Yes. The step and when traversal it was, was no longer linear, that whole thing kind of died. Yes. So that because that each one depended on the one before it. Step traversal works in a, is easy is much easier in a linear way. I yeah. did have to add it was nonlinear because you could go back like four steps, you know, if you were on like mm-hmm. this last step. And then if you went back again, it would have to take you back to the last step. Yep. That I had to really like figure out a way to express that. So you're saying that you had to do another thing in that same vein. I had to do vein. branching, basically branching in between steps. So how do you represent like, this outside of just imperative, you know, logic forever? I mean, is there, if you found a way to model that? Um, no, not really, except that I basically made the concept of like sub steps. So okay. like gotcha. I made it. So, so basically I like nested things so that it was like there was like it was more imperative logic but it was like imperative logic within imperative logic you know yeah no it makes sense yeah so so that you could keep the the linear flow right but it it almost felt like i probably i think if i had known about if i was designing the system and i knew that there would be branching steps in the middle of it i would have designed it differently Mm -hmm. but because the whole system was already built in a linear way it felt like, okay, well, like to keep, to avoid like writing some total spaghetti code, like the best thing to do is 
make this a linear step among other linear steps that then and then build the concept of like sub steps into that yeah so tough it was i really, do not envy you for having it was had really to. interesting you also did some weird thing that you that was the uh that was the project where uh you had those fixture sqlite databases like yeah, version yeah. fixture sqlite databases that was a little wild that was that was super wild and that like wild. i my first time on that because pro- I worked on that project twice. My first time on that project was versioning uh, all of those. Um, and th- that was me oh, and Sarah Vine. Man. And then I got off of it, and then I came back on, and it was like time for a new version. And I was like, oh no! Like a year ago, we said we were going to delete this concept, and now here it is. Like I'm reversioning it again. It's tough because that's one of those things that like it's is... sushi. It's it should have been sushi, right? If, if there was sushi at the time. Yeah, I'd have to think about that. Like the way that that was written, that was wild. And it it was one of those things that started out as a good idea. And then we got to the point where like, wait, we actually have to version these. Independently of each other. Yeah, which is wild. And Sushi would have solved that because the tables could move independently. That's what it would have been Mm -hmm. better. But, um, But the core concept is, you know, like, I believe that the, I believe in the core concepts, you know? Yeah. Of like it's just it was just the SQLite implementation that like yeah it was pretty was gnarly grim <laughs> but the alternative being just like data that lives in a database is not yeah, yeah, not yeah. okay not fun yeah yeah <laughs> pretty wild man what an app man what an app I mean that's but that concept is pretty like crazy that like you could have these SQLite databases that have a version attached for the fixtures oh, yeah, no, it's super wild and the user well, and, like, that has the the version is attached to the user table so if you bring a certain amount of users into a new system they can use a new database well not only that we also had wild. what we also had what was called an app version so we had app version which was basically like a combination of individual fixture versions so like app version 1.0 was like uh whatever uh prices version 1.1 and uh situations version gotcha. 1.5 like version groups so the combination of these two versions equals version. a certain app version oh my gosh and dude. so the app version was what was stored on the user and what was cool about that was like we could individually change like say something needed to change about a specific app version mm-hmm. we could push a new fixture version for one feature and then just changed it on certain app versions so right. it was like really cool like the amount of control we had for that versioning process was actually pretty cool yeah I, all of those i think the thing that those solutions have in common is like they avoid um unpredictability they they avoid some of the common pitfalls of not of just you know programming defensively like just as problems yeah. come up but of course they they add rigidity and complexity because they're abstractions. Um, question. So, yeah. but this concept, so I ran across this with a client when I was pairing with them on their app. Um, it, I think, I think factories is still one of the areas here. Here are my three out of the top of my head. I thought about all these in just this call, my three off the top of my head areas that need more four that need more education in the Laravel community. Like someone needs to sit down and recognize that any that your average Laravel developer encounters these 
these four things and there's not and they they are uneducated myself included like okay multi-tenancy yes multi-step forms sure factories sure in a real world context and and the other one that i just forgot Mm. those are the four Mm. what do you think well i want to know what the other one is um oh state machines Mm. like have like a post that can be a draft or you know in all those states yep and how you track those transitions and all that stuff you know yeah not the state machine pattern necessarily i think state machines mixed with could mix well with multi-part forms i agree for sure um the um you know what i think is uh not like talked about like all that very much is uh the um form requests okay like i think they're talked about but like i don't think that like and maybe this is just the time that i learned laravel was like a time before form requests like i don't know what a new laravel user now they think, might be i think a lot of people use them if that's where yeah, you're yeah, headed yeah. i don't and maybe we're from the same era or something but i forget that everybody uses them but then livewire like intentionally doesn't support them for your validation yeah, yeah. and yeah, i yeah. a lot of people ask that question yeah but it, yeah it's it's sort of not my uh that's not in my immediate toolkit um and yeah for i sure. kind of wonder if i it should be and if i should like go ahead and i don't know man i never liked my loins and I get good like, at them i feel like uh i never had to reuse them that's the thing is like so if i'm not reusing them i'm basically just hiding something that was in the controller in another file yeah why is that exactly. better and that's that's the whole thing like you know what it is i'm incredibly lazy about like making a new class like yeah, it's not totally. it's not the conscientiousness that you have about like i want to hide this logic i or i don't want to hide this logic it's which just is like, not it's just like it's just like <laughs> i don't want to make a new thing right now it's fine where it is mm. like what do i need this for and yeah like i would probably overcome that laziness if it came to like well i'm going to reuse this so am i going to copy and paste it that's more work right you would overcome just extracting the, it yeah right you know yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that just feels to me like yet another place to put code. And it, and it just seems kind of like odd that that's a good thing. I don't know. Yep. It, you, yep. <laughs> what's what's the spelling so I code. can... Okay. Yeah, Y-A-P-T-P-C. Yep. 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 Um, I, I see this also with uh, events. I think um, probably 80% of people using events should um, not stop. Yeah. And <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and, and this like, isn't even just my normal bent that events and listeners are bad. Cause I do believe that, but that's an opinion, but there honestly, is a lot of people who just shouldn't do it. You want me to, you want me to pop off real quick, please. And we, then we got to end this show. Yeah. Um, I think if you're doing stuff that's like not in the Laravel docs, you probably shouldn't be. That's like, not in the Laravel docs? No, 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 no. But I mean, like, if, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is, like, if you're not, if you're doing anything beyond, like, the absolute basics of Laravel, like, almost always you think you need something you don't need. I think the problem is reading the docs. Because you then, think people just don't read them. No, I think they do. 
And I think oh, really... and then they like, get exposed to ideas and they want to use them. Yeah, like all you need is a routes file, you maybe controllers, and If you're your doing something that's not in the 5.1 docs, stop. Old man yells at cloud. 4.2 docs. Uh, 5.1 was the golden age of Laravel. Caleb. I don't remember. 5.1 was I don't it, remember dude. what what that you was. You had everything you needed what? and nothing you didn't. Okay. Oh, you did have events. The but. only thing I know about versions is like the current one and what was in 4.2. <laughs> Those are the only two like so good. like milestones in my mind. Um but for real, like uh here's what you, this is my my advice to the budding Laravel programmer. In your app, you likely only need a routes file, maybe controllers, controllers. not always, but sometimes, yeah, controllers. I'm going to say, go Most ahead people use controllers more than you I can, do. You can have a controller as a treat. That's what yeah. I say. You need, you need a routes file, you need controllers, uh-huh. you need views, uh-huh. and you need models. Yep. And then migrations for your models, tests for your tests, for your models. factories potentially for your tests, potentially. No, always make a factory. What are you doing? Okay. Sometimes I don't, and I, I don't know. Then you later do when you wish you had one. Maybe. Those are that's what you need, right? Yeah. Yep. That's what you need, and then so at that, some that point, app that we talked about, point, just so that you don't. At all... some point, you're gonna start doing something crazy, and you're gonna be like, maybe I need a middleware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middlewares are are middlewares like a a good like first upgrade. Yeah, for sure. You know, or it's like, ooh, maybe a middleware. Yep. Um. But you almost definitely don't need uh, a view composer. You don't need form requests. You don't need events or listeners. Boy, howdy, do you not? You don't need jobs unless it's intentional. Um, you don't. The need, best, that's a the, controversial need, one. But here's here's my theory on jobs. You don't need jobs unless you're running a command. Cool. If you're running a command likely you're doing a big batched process yeah right it, it it has its it has a class of use cases where it is the best thing and those use cases yeah. are common but they're not common amongst every app but I, yeah but they're i would common say amongst like, a certain type of app i would say like if you're making a command and you want to pull in a job i wouldn't question that instinct too hard if you're writing a controller method and you want to pull in a job i would question that instinct Definitely. hard you don't <laughs> you know? think you don't, when you look, yeah, that the thought process is not, should this be a job? It's like, this is hurting the app. Like, what do I do with this? Oh, I'll make yeah. it a job. I don't well, know. You know what I mean? And it's like, what, what is wrong that my, that I wanted to make this a job, right? Yeah. The fact that I want to make this a job means something is wrong somewhere else. Yeah. So th- that's the, that's the prescription. I mean, right? That that's some real like uh, th- that's a message that I think a lot of people need to hear. Apparently, you know. Well, it's kind of the same thing as like your, uh, you know, you, w- when you start pulling in view, you know, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. It's like I think there's often a situation where it's like, uh, oh, I'm gonna start reaching for an advanced tool. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, don't let's not. Yeah. You know, like what you start reaching for DB raw. Things get weird, dude. That's that reaching. is another thing. Is like, even with you know the fire that if like just use eloquent, it's there. Use eloquent until it hurts. Yeah, you until sh- if you monitor your app, which mm-hmm. you should, there will you will find that's the th- you the you know I mean we're 
we're uh, you know we're preaching in the choir but yeah you start the problem is the signal that's the signal not a cool tutorial about how in theory this is more scalable or more you know what i mean but that's another yep. good one perfect one start with eloquent do things the eloquenty way yeah before like, you introduce uh sequ- weirdness uh, se- yeah database specific optimizations you know yeah man there are a lot of those things that like like maybe okay let's be let's be fair before we let the listener go let me be fair maybe i'm a crotchety old man and i like my idioms yeah and i want everyone else to do things the idiomatic way that i do things okay but maybe i'm right (laughs) (laughs) that's all that's all i have cool here's the thing yeah we have to end the show because i don't want to end the show yeah and that's why because we need to leave them wanting more and we need to leave me wanting more yeah well in this case them is you right it's true though i i am all i always look forward to recording no matter what but that's um, not true you think so yeah are you saying that i don't or you're speaking for yourself i would say i would say for both of us at certain points there has been an episode here and there that felt like a chore but usually by the time we get into it we're into it i don't know man i don't know if i ever don't look forward to clicking that that zoom button i mean sometimes yeah you're a better man than i sometimes we we have to like sometimes both of us you can tell we're not feeling it because we're both like oh i can't do it this day oh i can't do it this day yeah and then like we have to like drag our asses to a recording time that didn't really work well exactly that's yeah that's those times those times yeah for sure but i mean in general but once we get going we remember why we're here in the first place there's lots of there's a whole there's many other classes of scheduled things like this is in the top tier of scheduled things that i oh yeah you know but um i say that well, to say scheduled things to unscheduled things any day yeah oh yeah i don't know man um i am glad that we do have a schedule now that we're on it but today i was really looking forward to this because i felt like last last time in, in my mind the last episode was like tight and it was nice and tight you know yeah, and I left tight, it being funny, like we got to topics. Yeah. yeah, like we got, I, I we got to finish this talk on the next podcast, and it's when I leave the podcast thinking nobody's gonna fucking want to listen to this. Like, yeah, like I didn't even want to talk about it. You know, yeah, yeah, I bored myself. Yeah, you know, but, but so, that is the reason that uh, that we need to end the show, all right, and stop talking yeah. about ending the show. <laughs> So another thing about ending the show, Caleb, is <laughs> well, the most important thing to know about ending the show is that you have to cue the outro music now. Hopefully, the outro music can make him a clancy. That is the rose. This episode. I'll send you the. Episode.